chú lấy tàu hả chú chú lấy tàu hả in front of me was a pier or whatever's left of it the first portion of the pier was bulldozed to the ground with brown shards of wooden pillars and planks that made up the bulk of the pier's foundation shattered across the vegetation overtaken beach floor looking onto the pier from a nearby elevated platform a stray dog originally lying down behind an abandoned vendor's cart nearby followed behind me its wagging tail touched the back of my leg as i stopped to take in the sunrise view the dog looked frail its skeleton almost protruding off of its skin as i slowly made my way down to where the wrecks of the final section of the pier is the dog followed right along it crawled on top of the piles of trash that had been littered here across the plastic bottles the fishing nets the nylon bags and the food wrappers the site once a busy hotspot for fishers and local people had become a thing of the past this episode is the second fukuok welcome to the vietnamese narrative podcast following the previous episode what had made the story of the pier stand out to me was the mixed responses that it had among the fukuok locals who live nearby To many Hamnin locals, this pier had become the symbol of what many tourists know Hamnin for. A local who had not been identified testified in a Vietnamese news article on the demolition of the bridge. This bridge improved our lives so much. Our children made it to school. Some even made it to college, fuller in part because of this bridge. At the same time, this bridge helped to build the brand of the Hamnin fishing village that guests visit Phu Quoc to see. When I had mentioned the pier to locals who were preparing their morning market shops nearby, the tone I noticed was more of disappointment than support. This is because the history of the pier to the locals is something invaluable, something that cannot simply be replaced by a new bridge. According to some locals, the bridge was officially erected in 2003 when an official representative of the state placed forward a proposal to benefit the Hamnin fishing village. Before 2003, The fishing village came together to jointly fundraise to build a preliminary wooden pier bridge for fishing boats and smaller vessels to anchor to rest. The Hamnin village was only originally one of the poorest sections of the island prior to the pier bridge because sailors and fisher people would always have to rely on the tide to park their boats and vessels on the other coast of the island. There had been no place in the village where they could anchor their boats without fearing that it might drift away. When the village decided to build a wooden pier bridge, there was excitement all around the island. Hamnin used to be the only port where seafood was loaded onto the main island. The pier bridge would be a much needed addition to the fishing population of the island. Hence, when the first wooden pier bridge was built, it was more than just a bridge. It had become a symbol of the Hamnin fishing village community. In 2003, the proposal to build a cement foundation in place of the wooden pier bridge received praise from the community. The wooden pier bridge became a hotspot for fishermen and their families. There were boats that would take kids to nearby schools on the coast. After 20 years, renovations to the pier was much needed, and the proposal to build a cement pier came just in time. The construction of the cement foundation started in 2003 and finished in 2004. When the first section of the pier bridge was knocked down, it had served the local community for 17 years. I climbed onto the sections of the pier bridge that is not yet demolished with my Canon EOS camera in hand. The stray dog followed me on top of the pier. Looking behind me, towards the demolished section of the bridge, I saw the relics of Hamnin history scattered on the beach floor, taken over by nearby vegetation and tourist trash. I looked forward 
and a scene captivated my attention. Two men parked their motorcycles on the platform looking out to the pier and made their way down the beach. They climbed onto the pier bridge and walked past me. On their backs were turquoise cyan sacks made out of recycled plastic threads with a couple of holes on the side. I turned around and looked towards the sunrise on the horizon. It was early in the morning. I came at the right time to witness the splendor of the sunrise with the pier bridge in the backdrop. Peering my eyes closer to the end of the pier bridge, I noticed that there were still several small boats anchoring at the edge of the section of the bridge that had not been demolished yet. The boats just arrived at the pier bridge when I climbed on. A fisherman stands heroically at the bow of the boat, tossing an anchor into the water and a rope onto the pier bridge. He then jumped onto the bridge and tied the boat to the edge of it. He then hopped back on board, carried a net, a hemispherical Vietnamese bamboo container, a plastic beet leader bottle, a toothbrush, and a hairbrush. He tossed the container onto the bridge and took off his shirt, scooped a bit of seawater with his leader bottle, and washed his hair with it until another fisherman on board pushed him into the water. I heard the two of them yell Vietnamese expletives at one another until both erupted into laughter. The second fisherman hopped onto the pier bridge and walked in my direction as I walked towards him. Meet Mr. Thu, a local fisherman whom I met on this pier bridge. I'm someone who catches crabs for a living here on the island. I just got back from releasing the net. I left around 4 a.m. this morning. I'm just returning to shore to catch a quick nap before I go out again. Basically, as a crab fisher, you release the net early in the morning, then you go back to shore to eat and rest, and you reel in the net in the afternoon. Every time I catch about 4 or 5 kilograms of crabs, that would make me about four to 500,000 Vietnamese dong, just enough to get by every day. I lived here for around 30 years. I was from the mainland and I just went here and I saw that I could make a living on the island. I married, set up a family, and my career here as a crab fisher. Back then, there were barely anything on the island. Now, everything is very fancy on the mainland. Tall buildings and hotel rooms and tourist cars and buses are bestsellers on the island. It was poor as hell back then. There was still electricity back then, but everything was just so poor. Ever since foreign investors came to invest on the island, the land is now really expensive. It used to be around tens of millions of Vietnamese dong for a plot of land, now it ranges around a couple billion. It's gotten really expensive. But life is peaceful here though. I catch crabs in the morning and release the net. Now I'm back ashore to rest a little bit. Around noon, I pull the net, then I release the crabs in the afternoon, and then at night I'll go out again. It's a simple cycle. About the pure bridge. The bridge was torn down because it was said to be weak and unstable. But, in fact, there might be another underlying reason behind the pier bridge's fate. The erecting of surrounding restaurants. This bridge was used commonly by locals. After the first section was demolished, they were not allowing people to walk on the bridge. 
so fishermen moved to the other ports on the island. The restaurants on the shore basically moved closer to the coast, so tourists could come out here to eat. The local government saw that the bridge was weak, so they destroyed it out of safety fears that it might collapse. This bridge is old, though about over 15 years. The bridge has really degraded, so they weren't taking any chances. Someone else promised to invest in a new bridge, but I don't know when they're keeping that promise. According to Mr. Thu, this new bridge had served the community in many ways for over 15 years. When he mentioned the investor making a promise to reinvest and rebuild a new bridge, that promise was made four years ago, and nothing was done yet by the time we had that conversation. Mr. Thu had mixed feelings about this pier bridge. Though he feels that tourism is benefiting the island, he fears that priorities to develop tourist projects and hotels are displacing the concerns of the people on the island to the bottom of the priority list. Out of fear that tourists would place too much pressure on the already weak bridge, the local government decided to tear the bridge down overall. There were also claims that the surrounding restaurants sharing the same coast section weakened the foundation of the pier bridge, and that the new pier bridges built by the new restaurants came at the cost of the old bridge's stability. They don't allow anyone else out on the bridge anymore because it degraded a lot. The restaurant's foundation eroded the foundation of the bridge, so the concrete is really crumbly. Basically, their new piers damaged the old bridge, so the global government decided to tear it down. After conversing with Mr. Thu, I headed back to the platform and first saw the wreck of the bridge. The stray dog followed me. I saw a couple of locals rolling out their carts to the nearby market down the road with their produce. I stopped by a couple of them to talk about the bridge and what it meant to them. Pumas Thuy, the pier bridge represented the best of Hamnin. It represented the rich history and legacy of the original fishing communities in the area and how they came together to preserve such a rich fishing and sea culture. Several decades ago, she remembered she used to walk along the pier bridge early in the morning to help the boats with unloading their catches onto the island, listening to the bells on the boat, the clashing of the night ink-colored waves to the pillars that the pier bridge was placed on, and yelling her voice out as she loaded crates of fresh fish, clams, crabs, and squid. Every afternoon, she used to do laundry while looking out at the pier bridge, the sunset and the sails of the floating boats that anchored along the bridge itself. To Miss Tui, the bridge is a sign of history, of community, and to her life, a symbol of her childhood. On the other hand, to Mr. Jung, the replacement of the pier bridge is a marking of a new phase in the history of the island. Ever since resorts and hotels were built on the island, Fukuoka has seen an influx of tourists. Mr. Jung sees the replacement of the old bridge as a sign that Fukuoka is thriving, a sign that tourism is doing its magic on the island. Like the people on his island, the bridge meant a lot to his childhood. He remembered going to school on boats that docked on this pier bridge, climbing up the pier every afternoon, and chasing his friends on the pier bridge back ashore. And he especially loved watching boats leave the pier late at night to go night squid fishing. He still goes night squid fishing every now and then, but admits that it feels quieter nowadays, not as hectic and lively as those nights back a couple of years ago when the bridge was still a community staple. But he is optimistic about rebuilding the bridge. 
He's optimistic that Hamnin will restore its former liveliness. He is optimistic about tourism on the island, and most importantly, he is optimistic about the future of his kids on Fukuok. As I drove further away from the bridge back to the central island, I thought about the pier bridge as a chapter of the ever-changing Vietnamese narrative. What the bridge shows is a challenge Vietnam is facing as a whole, a balancing act between modernizing, urbanizing versus respecting and preserving traditional heritage and conserving artifacts of Vietnamese history and culture. The story and the history of the Hamden Pier Bridge brought to life this challenge. With the bridge comes sentimental, historical, and community value to the many people living on the island. But the prospect of tourist expansion on the island is, in some ways, threatening the preservation of Fukuo culture, the native culture on the island before tourism thrived. However, the popularity of tourism on the island is showing Vietnam's, or specifically Fukuok's, development ever since the country opened up its borders after the war. The Hamnin Fishing Village is one of the oldest fishing communities anywhere in Vietnam. Its history dates back to the first settlers from the Midlands. With the rise of tourism on the island in the modern day, their way of life is inherently threatened. Perhaps, as I travel, the balancing act between tourism and traditional heritage will become a more prevalent theme.